0: Well, it may be a bit late to uh, put out one of those end-of-the-year top 10 videos, but we're here to talk gibberfish
1: and this time we're doing our best of 2019. Yep, absolutely. Uh, for many, to th- for many, myself included, 2019 might have been a bit of a shite year, but we're here to talk about the good shit that happened. Because there was a lot of good shit. There was the possibility of doing a good and bad episode, but then we
0: realised just how negative we had opinions on stuff. Yeah, and I really, At a certain point, I realised I just wanted to rag on Kanye West's album. And that was the main reason for me doing a, a worst of 2019 <laughs> episodes.
1: Worst movie, you West. <laughs> worst YouTuber,
0: you <Kanye> West. <laughs> Wor- worst YouTube, worst, uh, worst live action adaptation of a comic movie, Jesus is King, who the fuck? <laughs> Jeez, fuck. Get out of here with that weak shit, son. <laughs> we, <ain't- laughs> we ain't here to play. So uh, we basically have a list of categories. Uh, I think I sent a list to you and we, we added one more category yeah. as well. Uh, so
1: we're going to go through this uh, one at a time. I had, actually I did an extra category as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, just because I twenty nineteen was a year where I learned a lot of good valuable shit. So this, it gets a bit cheesy and it gets a bit kind of you know existential. But one important lesson that you learned from two thousand nineteen because I have one very important one.
0: I got one. Shall we begin with the sentimental nonsense? Before yeah, we we should start, get, yeah, we
1: should get into the, the philosophical morale shit.
0: Let's have a sincere moment before we describe. <laughs> before we just
1: make fuck jokes. Because <laughs> you've
0: seen what my my word of the year is. I don't think yeah. we can really follow up with... We have to do the sincere stuff first yeah, before the word to, yeah. of the year.
1: Let's get austere before we get <laughs> gross.
0: Yeah, uh, so my my lesson of the year is that there's a lot of things going on in social media where uh, different groups are criticising other groups and making... Uh, big bold sweeping statements about people, about different groups, about people with different ideas, beliefs, whatever. One thing that I've taken away from this year, and it's the last thing to me surprisingly long time to learn, was that it is not about you. It is not about you as an individual. Yeah. We're talking about groups of people criticizing groups of people. Everyone is painting with a very large brush. And it takes a little while to recognize there may not be they may be talking about something that might describe you. Mm. Like if you listen to a certain podcasts, they'll be describing white people. White people get it pretty fucking bad these days. Yeah, the, for understandable reasons, the I, history I, I is there.
1: Genuinely, was about to say, yeah, the white people get it pretty rough. Like I'm not fucking white. <laughs> yeah, you white <laughs> get it bad. <laughs> but what's wrong, Snowman?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you getting it rough? <laughs> oh, our tar- times hard for you, Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I you got to understand that no one is talking.
1: About you, yeah. Downright. No one's getting into the individuals, they're, yeah, like you said, they're cutting a large swath, they're hitting they're, with a large they're brush.
0: Painting with large brushes, it is not about you. I yeah. think that might be the main thing that helps when you look at a lot of weird places on the internet where a straight white guy is maybe not the most welcome place or the most welcome person in mm. that place. And you just stand there, read, and observe, and you just leave. Maybe don't mouth off about stuff though, <laughs> yeah, because that's when you find out that some of it might actually be about yeah, you. That's why, boy. This- <laughs> massive
1: area just focuses a bit more on you
0: it's like when someone makes a little bit of noise in a zombie movie everything just turns towards the person or yeah. the noise source and you're like oh yeah. shit because <laughs> i've been in that situation before and it's it's not pleasant and it doesn't make for a good day it can actually really fuck with your day for, yeah. for a long while like you can spend a while thinking about stuff like that but remember things on the internet although they might describe part of what your personality is
1: is not about you yeah definitely it is different. There's a, a very important lesson there about separating you from these sort of general statements because you're, if, especially on Twitter and Facebook, which I've pulled way the fuck back from it mm-hmm. over the past six, seven months, like you can read these statements because I've always been a follower of the SNP, always have been. When you see people bashing the SNP, it's, they're just hitting a large people. They're not necessarily poking your individual characteristics. If you get up in arms about that, okay, just do it in such a manner where you're not just trying to shoot back in the same manner mm. like try and be a bit more controlled about it and it is a vital message particularly going forward because this it's not going to stop anytime soon yeah uh, you go on Twitter at any point and there's always there's always these kinds of messages and shit going about so it's just learn to distance yourself from this and you'll, you'll get on a bit better
0: so what is your lesson for 2019
1: uh, my lesson uh, for 2019 was again like yourself one that I learned a bit too late uh, sort of uh, maybe August, September last year that a uh, it can be best summed up with the this phrase, like, just because you're thirsty, don't drink poison. Mm. And I used that to describe the fact that I was hanging about with a bunch of toxic people that were making me feel absolutely shit. I would come home after a night out or a house party or something just thinking, I feel very shit, I feel fucking anxious, I feel annoyed, I feel just uneasy. Like, at some point, I was feeling like dreading going back out. And then at some point, within the following couple of months, I was like, I don't enjoy hanging about with those guys. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I have other shit that I could be focusing on. I don't want to spend the time to fix this. Then I realized they're not family. They're friends. Like, there is no shame whatsoever in just cutting out a group of friends. Mm. Like Just because you're bored. I mean, I get bored quite easily. I, I like to go out and do things. Just because I'm bored and maybe a bit lonely doesn't mean I should hang about with toxic people. So that's where the whole, just because you're thirsty, you don't drink poison.
0: Yeah, don't waste time considering yeah. negativity. You
1: don't need to be around. Exactly, and for me, it was always the thought I could fix this. But the people that I used to hang about with—they've got enough of their own shit to deal with. That maybe they're looking at Dom, maybe looking at me and thinking, "Oh, it'd be cool to see Dom again." But you know what? We've got to go and prep for this. Go and prep for that. Maybe it's just think we cut those people loose. And for me, it definitely was because I was sick of. I was always the, the stuff guy. It was just oh, could you bring Cardigan Humanity? Could you bring Super Fight? Could you bring Boss Monster? Oh, you've got Avengers in game. Bring it along. It's like, dude, that's not. You never want. I always got the impression because again, like I said, I'm not going back to check it. That dumpster fire has burned out, and I've just pushed that way. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not dealing with that shit anymore. I never really got back to them and said, Did you guys even enjoy hanging about with me? Because that smacks of just well, why am I even here? Like, yeah. I just thought, you know what? I, I've I've devoted enough time and energy very negatively to this thing. I've overthought it. I've got angry about it. I've got anxious about it. And I thought, no, nah, I'm done with that. Like I've got, I'm going in, finishing off third year uni, going into fourth year. Two very pivotal pivotal uh, times in the university tenure. I don't really have enough energy to focus on that shit. So, you know, new year, new me counts as pushing at the good shit and focusing on shit that can actually benefit me.
0: Yeah. There's uh it sounds like your, your friends are treating like a rental shop.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm fucking Blockbuster.
0: Yeah. And Blockbuster went bust for a reason. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> I, it's, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all the sense that it's never, could you bring your, it's, could you bring that? Like, dude, it's not, you don't own it. There's no ownership on your part. Yeah. Like, all these things are bought by me. Yeah. They're owned by me. Don't, argue legal definitions with me you will go fucking down <laughs> fucking had enough of that over christmas like this this isn't some kind of hippie commune where we share things yeah. what's mine is mine is what yours is yours you're more than welcome to what you have yeah. just acknowledge that what i have is mine i've worked like fuck to get it
0: yeah i, w- I would say if that is the the resolution is just bye-bye yeah there, there's a point where you just have to realize
1: Yeah, you don't have a
0: relationship with with certain people. Some people just know you and know you have stuff and want that stuff, and therefore hang around with you. Whereas, if you have an actual relationship with someone, there should be something else there that should be keeping things interesting. Like there should be back and forth. There should be messages, conversation. You should be having more than just a sharing of physical things with someone. You should have like a connection with something else.
1: And there was, like, like I said. Part of like, how I define a, a sort of friendship is just, th- the, like, like you said, there should be that give and take. It should be you ragging on each other, like having like taking the quips at each other. But it oh. comes from a place of, you yeah, know, you're all right. It comes from yeah. a place of like friendship and loyalty, yeah. love type thing. It, there was never that. It was always just me getting torn into.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah like literally viciously at one point. Yeah. At one point, I literally stood up to the person that was giving me pelters and I just fucking looked him straight in the eye and said, who the fuck do you think you are? one of those snapping points I was like i don't fucking come here I, I come here to hang out with you guys because at the time i enjoyed it mm. you're just fucking ruining it i don't care if you're just saying oh like, i there there was, just was always i was bullied when i was younger i didn't really i don't know how to talk to people this is my defense mechanism like yeah but i'm meant to be a your friend you're meant yeah. to talk to me how you think you would talk to a friend not like that
0: and it's weird that you have a grown up saying, Well, this is my defense perspective. No, you're supposed to, you can have that when you're younger yeah, and that and grow past it. Yeah. Develop something outside of that. Like develop a personality, become something more, become more interesting, more yeah. engaging, more developed as an individual. Yeah. And it was
1: just, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to be stepping away from that. And even, even John Hogman A, New Year's Eve, I, they invited me to a house party. And I was like, Do I want to go to that house party and either sit and talk? To one person for the entire night, the one person that I would actually sit and talk to if they were actually there, or do I want to just stay home? Like, mm. sit with the dog, sit with my brother, play fucking Borderlands 3? I was like, I've got beer and whiskey here. Like, I don't need to go out for a drink. <laughs> I-,
0: I saw you guys stay last w- week and it wasn't that great. So- oh, no, I've genuinely not hung about since right.
1: September because it was the conscious effort. Like, I'm done with you guys. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I don't want to devote more time and effort and energy into fixing it because I don't think it'll be worth it for either of us. You've got enough shit going on. Yeah. I have enough shit going on. And it's almost, a, it's almost a sense of you're not that valuable to me. I get yeah. that as of kind of a high and mighty like, look down the glasses type thing. Yeah. But just, I guess to me, when I look at it, that friendship doesn't really mean all that much to me.
0: If you get nothing out of it, you get no sustenance in any way. You get nothing that fulfills you out of a relationship.
1: Yeah, there's no reciprocity there.
0: Yeah. You, you do just generally need to cut certain things off and yeah. manage your time with people better to get yeah. more out of your time because it's, time is very precious. Once yeah. you join the workforce, you realise there are, yeah. you know... Budgeting, time the, budgeting is a... There's a whole 24 hours a day. Well, yeah, I need to sleep for six to eight of those. I need to work for eight to 10 of those. And after that, yeah. that time's mine. I have 10 hours at best. Yeah. Not including travel, not including anything else. Anything yeah. I think I need to do because like we need to go to the gym, we need to work out, we need to yeah. weight lift, we need to get that dealt with, that is part of our being, so that yeah. then takes away like an extra hour or two and then you just start chopping down time and you realise that there's not a lot there to spend time with and if it's time wasted, it's
1: yeah, a waste it's, of a year. It, it, literally how... time you're not going to get back and it is, it's, it's all about self-preservation as well because you could, probably a better person than I would look at that and think how can I fix it but I was just thinking, you know what, like like you just said, I don't have enough time in my day anymore to devote to that situation mm-hmm. i think i've got uni work to do i've got coursework and i've but four months time i'm gonna have a fucking dissertation to write uh, i'm gonna to have to try and find a diploma place i'm gonna to have to find a placement for training there's so many other things i need to do so i need you to look after me yeah so that i'm not fucking bald and like, malnourished oh. <laughs> <laughs> i mean bald in the sense that my hair's falling out uh, right then not, not a choice like dude i'm telling you the
0: hair's getting thinner it's getting
1: a little fucking snowman in here there's the episode title (laughs) it's getting a little fucking snowman in no like in the sense not bald as a choice because i'm telling you i'm getting close to that decision because the hair's getting thinner up top but bald in the sense that the hair's just falling out involuntarily yeah yeah so yeah look after yourselves don't hang out with toxic people just because you're bored don't drink poison just because you're thirsty
0: yeah so now that we've had sincere
1: yeah now we've got the morose shit i feel we genuinely
0: have shared some life lessons that maybe if you're a bit younger than us you might not learn and i feel like these are lessons you should learn yeah. as soon as possible to save yourself time and effort and pain yeah. Because the, there the, may be people who are older, and I are like, "Well, duh." Yeah, I'm like, like, yeah,
1: but well, well done, whitey. <laughs> well, well
0: done. Well, you played catch up. It didn't take you that long. Like, yeah. but that's the thing. These are lessons that have to be learned. This is not something that someone can teach you. It is something that you could maybe yeah. listen to and then start to recognise in your own life and save yourself time yeah. in the learning process.
1: It is that burn that you need to get by touching the fire. Yes, you need to you need to learn it that way. And it's not it's not a reflection on you negatively if you think, "Oh well, I, I." Uh, I'm not a good friend, so maybe that's why they act that way. No, it's there might be other shit going on there. Be smart enough to read the situation. Yeah,
0: But now that I've had the very sincere discussion, yeah. my word of the year is cuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a good word, man. It's a fucking good word. Oh, uh, I, I have called many a people a beta cuck this yeah. year.
0: It's, it's a word that originally does start with uh, the, the sexual habit of having someone else fuck your partner yeah. while you watch. And it is a, its own genre of porn. It is a very weird genre of porn. I, can't, I, I can never actually, like, watch it. It's just so fucking weird. There's also... I don't it, think I've ever
1: watched a single cuck video, and I don't want to start now.
0: And what's, it seems weird, and it's very awkward, because it's very it's very much to do with the power dynamic of a, an, an alpha and a, a beta, like a submissive passion. Hmm. And it gets real fucking weird when there's mixed-race people involved. So you have, like, a black man having sex with a white woman and her white husband is watching, and it is all about the race. It is super fucking awkward. It's horrific. <laughs> You're like, please Wait, don't bring up this. porn racist? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why did you make porn a race thing? I like, think it's weird. <laughs> but it, it became kind of uh, co-opted about a couple of years ago. 2019 was really the big explosion of uh, like this becoming a mainstream thing. Where it was just used to refer to a, a beta secondary male, mm. typically with someone from the like right wing uh, Republican leaning side of a U.S. politics, referring to a liberal minded passion, mm. the idea that someone would just roll over and let uh, you know the wife take it from or their partner take it from someone just because you know they're a weaker male, and it became this whole thing. But as far as an actual word goes, there are several words that you basically can't use but sound great. Cock is on those like kind of it's in that sounds great category, but it's more socially acceptable to use it because hmm. people just think it means like a weak minded or weak willed yeah. person.
1: It's when people don't realise the, the shit behind it what it actually means. Yes. Like, yeah.
0: But yeah, that was uh that was my
1: word of the year. <laughs> uh, my uh, my word of the year was actually I couldn't think of one specific word, so I found a phrase and my phrase was son of a taint <laughs> <laughs> because it is just vulgar enough to let you know that the situation has gone pear-shaped or something has gone awry but it's not as aggressive as son of a bitch you hear yeah i mean actually now that i've said that out loud it may be more aggressive than son of a bitch
0: Nah, i think that there's there's something about that word and there's something about words with a lot of strong consonants like cuck cuck is c u c k yeah it's very short it's very punchy bitch is in the same term because it's it's like one vowel yeah. and a lot of consonants that all end with a very certain aggression. Yeah. So I think taint flows better yeah. in a weird way. I
1: suppose with taint, you've got the two hard consonants at the start, taint. Yeah, but yeah. you have ain't. Yeah. You have ain't yeah, in the middle got, there. It's, it's a good word, but I've yeah, just been using it to the, to the not many a shitty situation. Borderlands, yeah. yeah it's a really good one actually it comes from uh, Borderlands <laughs> <laughs> Handsome Jack I think it's in uh, the Telltale game Tales for the Borderlands right uh, one of the main characters he has a robotic eye and a robotic arm and Handsome Jack a version of the Handsome Jack AI infects it mm-hmm. so he, can't, he starts controlling the main character at some point and uh, every so often as he tries to goes near shit that will f- uh, mess him up <laughs> he's your son of a taint <laughs> quite a lot.
0: It's it's just a weird thing, but it's one of the things you can just pick up on. You're like, this is mine now. I'm taking yeah, I'm, this. U- I'm. using son of a taint. You cannot stop me.
1: <laughs> Many have tried. <laughs> so, uh my <laughs> fuck you therapist. I'll say what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a taint. I for my... you bait a cuck. What you got? <laughs> <laughs> Bring your wife in here. <laughs>
0: that's that's, that's the aggression there it is like it was was funny and then it went aggressive (laughs) and now everyone's like this weird kind of mexican standoff (laughs) we're gonna do this we're gonna actually do this Hmm? (laughs) he's got one hand pushing his wife but no one sees my wife (laughs) i uh right so game of the year mine was gears 5 now admittedly i did not play a lot of current games this year yeah And I don't think there's a lot I would have enjoyed because of the way things are progressing with video games. There's a lot of microtransactions. There's a lot of active services. I think... I'm trying to remember if the last thing I played that would be modern might actually be from 2018. I think there's a lot of that. I've spent most of this year obsessed with Seven Days to Die, which is an older game from 2016. And then uh, Destiny 2, which, again, 2018. Yeah. So I haven't played a lot of modern stuff, but when Gear 5 came out, because of my love for the Gears franchise... I really enjoyed this game because it, it kind of went back to basics with the gameplay. Yeah, But presented a new character, which is great for me because I've spent a long time in the Gears universe and I think it's becoming too much of the, the Phoenix show mm-hmm. where you just have this family of people who, well, the whole world is big and interesting. It's kind of like Star Wars. Yeah. The whole universe of Star Wars is big and interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, everything seems to be focused on just one family. It's yeah. the Skywalkers in Star Wars. Yeah. It's the Phoenix family in Gears of War.
1: It, def- it definitely did suffer from that because... I've always seen it as the Skywalker's and the Phoenix are point one percent of the overall universe, and you have ninety nine point nine percent of just other cool shit out there. Yeah, like the one aspect of Gears of War that I always wanted them to dive more into was the creation of the Locust. Mm-hmm. They kind of do that a bit in Five. They touch on it a lot. They're bit. gradually building more and more of the yeah. story to explain what was going on. Because you see the tubes yeah. in Gears of War Two yeah. with the fucking weird uh, half Locust half human creatures. Sirens.
0: Creature. No, like,
1: it? sires, sires, yes, yeah, and they were fucking horrific looking
0: Yeah, the, that was a there was a weird tonal shift from like action game to wait, are we in a horror movie right now? Yeah, and then you realize, oh, the gears of war universe is horrific. It, yeah, it's all no.
1: horror. I always thought even from gears one, I was like this is yeah. this is kind of horror based, and I fucking love horror movies. So that just I was hooked from the beginning. But yeah, yeah still haven't played Gears of War 5. <laughs> oh,
0: that's weird. But the game is playing around with new ideas and new concepts, new locations, which yeah. is fun. It's a lot of fun to explore more than just that central area of the Gears universe. And you get out into meeting different characters and people from uh, before, the, the, uh, before E-Day, before mm-hmm. Emergency Day. That's a lot of fun as well. And it's it's just nice to have a change that kind of doesn't, completely reimagine the entire universe just reinforces stuff that was there Mm. gives you more context and a broader appeal and then gives you new characters to experience it with because all the one thing i'd say is i wish we got a game from the gears franchise that had nothing to do with what will ultimately end the war Mm -hmm. i want a side mission i want an entire game that's a side thing like a battle for survival like i think of um talk about like tales of the borderlands telltale games did a, a series of games about the walking dead yeah now at this point the walking dead was kind of stagnating it was yeah. starting to begin to go downhill and it's not the unironic zombie that it is right now where it's just kind of stumbling along do, not doing very much yeah but to begin with telltale games made a story about a little girl during the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. that's fascinating how does a little girl fight off an army of the undead that is going to tear her limb from limb when well, she yeah. doesn't she hides she runs she
1: um, escapes. Yeah, there's a really fucking brutal part in uh, season one of The Walking Dead. I think the little girl's name is Clementine. Yes, Clementine. Because I, I don't know why, I always remember the hat. I'm pretty sure it has her name yeah. or something on it.
0: And she is one of the most iconic characters, like yeah. up there with Rick and yeah. whatever is Carl. Yeah, before. and
1: there's some fucking brutal moments in that. She yeah. At one point, uh, I think it's very early into the game, I might be remembering this wrong. Again, feel free to say, you piece of shit, you didn't get this right. Uh, I'm pretty sure at one point there's a zombie... There's someone that she's trying to get to, Mm -hmm. or there's someone in front of her that's trying to keep her safe. I'm pretty sure she just feeds the zombie him or her and just runs. I'm just thinking that is fucking good. Like that's that's good storytelling. Yeah, it's it's a breath of fresh air in the sense that we're getting away from this hero complex where everyone has to save Mm -hmm. everyone. Like, no, if you were in that situation,
0: let's be honest, fucking push. Yeah, you're 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 gonna gonna push
1: the guy and get the fuck out of there.
0: Yeah, and I I think that Gears does enough. Uh, gears 5 did enough to step away from traditional gears of war mm. to make itself its own unique game and at the same time remain true to the the core kind of idea like the whole the whole brotherhood aspect yeah. of the thing of everything going on and i thought kate was a good character Real liked having someone that's not a phoenix to play with yeah i just as i say i wish we could have someone that is not going to be ultimately there on the final like on the final push to end the, the end
1: yeah. the, the war between the locusts and humans. So. I think that would be pretty cool. And it was it was cool to see uh, some of the other characters take more of a front and centre like Kate and uh, what Faz, uh, Rahul yeah. Cooley's character. Just see more more of these new characters come up and the phoenixes yeah. take a back seat because Marcus is in there. Yeah, And I think he's going to become the newer Hoffman type role mm-hmm. in future games. But it was just cool to see, okay, there's a war going on in the background, but Kate's got her own shit to worry about. She's trying to find her mother. Who I could have swore died in Gears of War four, but
0: I'm not going to talk about
1: that. Yeah, please don't. We're gonna uh, we're gonna
0: leave that for you to yeah, discover. So we'll anywhere. find that yeah.
1: But when you see the the necklace at the end of Gears of War four, you think oh shit, she's she's involved in this. Yes. And uh, even in Gears four, uh, I think Laura Bailey voices Kate. Yes. She fucking knocked out of the part. A lot of really good voice actors in, in uh, Gears of War. The only thing I will say that was weird about Gears of War 5 was the fucking Terminator, Sarah Connor.
0: <laughs> the the tie-ins. The, to the Halo Reach characters. Weird, like, yeah. What the but fuck? The actual storyline itself is very good, and as a fan of the Gears Universe, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. When you finish it and you go, Oh shit. Oh shit, <laughs> oh, shit. here we go. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Uh, what was your game My of twenty nineteen? Game of two thousand and nineteen. will surprise, absolutely no one. It was Resident Evil 2 remake. <laughs> 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 because it is one game where i know the universe well i've played gears of uh, gears of war 2 i have played (laughs) gears of war 2 i've also played resident evil 2 on gamecube playstation 2 i even played it on fucking pc the horrible ass pc port i know this game inside and out i know the universe very well i know the characters very well to take the old game and update it in the way that the new game has Mm. not quite building on top of it but just taking it and doing something different still same story same outcomes, still canon, but just doing it in a different way. Just refining it. Yeah. And just adding new shit on it was is fucking brilliant. And the, the additional DLC that he had with uh, the ghost survivors, which gave you what-if scenarios. What if Kendo, the gunmaker that makes all the guns for the RPD, what if he survived? No. And what if one of the members of Hunk's team, one of the Umbrella Special Units guys, what if he survived? And it gives you all this cool shit. What if the mayor's daughter didn't get gutted by Chief Irons? Mm. And you know, suggestively raped, because if you read some of uh, Chief Iron's diaries, he likes to get a bit... Handsy. Handsy with the corpses and stuff that he guts. There's a really, really disgusting bit about him jerking off to a tiger. He slices... He's, he's on a taxidermy, he cuts the tiger open, and he says, oh, I nearly came, and I'm covered in blood and guts. This is the fucking <laughs> life. And I am so glad... And every version of Resident Evil 2 that I've played, I have killed you mercilessly. <laughs> Fuck you, you prick. And they... Really, really just harp on that. And even in Resident Evil 2 in 1998, they let you know that he might have been a rapist. They just confirm it in Resident Evil 2 that this guy's out raping. Because uh. he's, on, he's on the umbrella payroll, he's on the police, he's got police chief money, so he's just he's high on this fucking status thing. He's been using that to parlay, and he's been using the orphanage to bring in kids with their families and send them an the umbrella to... Uh, for test subjects. That's right. why when you go into the sewers underneath the orphanage, there's all these uh, weird mutated, uh, Babies. giant lumps of genetic material. Yeah. That are, in the story told you, uh, it tells you that these are the children from the orphanage. Oh. And you're just sitting there as Claire or Leon, just going, "I don't want to shoot you. I know what I you are. You're li- so sorry. <laughs> you're little Timmy. <laughs> your <laughs> parents. You, you, we found your bug parents. By the way, I shot them too." <laughs>
0: They were okay people, but they did try and eat me. (laughs) (laughs) One of them ripped my neck out Um, Yeah, but uh,
1: yeah, I could go on about Resident Evil Two for much fucking longer. Yeah, it was it was fucking fantastic. I'm still playing it right now. They're bringing out a version on the Switch, and of fucking course I'm going to buy that. And uh, they're also releasing Resident Evil Three remake.
0: Is the two is the two on the Switch going to be the remaster as well?
1: Yes, it's going to be the remake. But I've also been I've also heard that they're releasing the. The classic trilogy one, two, and three original on Switch as well, which is a good move. Okay, because Capcom are just going, yeah, sure, put everything on the Switch. It sells. Yeah, because I, I seen and We mean, need money. <laughs> no, Nintendo don't need money. Nintendo. No, Capcom need. Yeah, money. Capcom <laughs> need money. No, Capcom don't need money either. All right, Devil May Cry made them close to a billion dollars. Oh
0: shit! I forgot they actually have had a pretty decent year this year.
1: A uh, Street Fighter Five Championship Edition made them a shit ton of money because of the characters that they put in. The mm. game's not even. Uh, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition made them money because they put in new characters people like that they finally refined the game and made it playable Hmm. the new version Street Fighter V Champion Edition that comes out in February that's going to make them more money because they put more fan favourite characters on there the thing that's making them infinite amounts of fucking money though is Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter World Iceborne I forgot that's their game shit because people just keep buying it and it is a fucking phenomenal game right but I'd play it on Xbox because the PS5 version the PS4 version is kind of slow so you play it oh, you've
0: P- told me about that. You said there was like horrific frame rate drops. Yeah.
1: Oh. The, 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 I don't know what it is, but on PS4, there seems to be a lot of slowdown, a lot of uh, frame rate drops, especially when you're hunting more than one monster. But I've played it on PC and I have played it on Xbox and it runs perfectly. Hmm.
0: I'm hoping it's an optimization issue and I'm not so. like your PS4 is just shagged.
1: It could be, but uh, nah. I think in my, my room, it's just a magnet for dust, so I just need to take the compressed air and clean out the fucking thing. Yeah, I might be overdue for a clean up, clean up, just now, but yeah, we'll we'll see how well it plays.
0: So, on to a uh, favorite TV show this year, and this is a hard one for me to pick. It's very it difficult for me because I went back and uh, it turns out you can download your entire uh, viewing history on Netflix, which just makes you sad because you just keep scrolling and scrolling <laughs> and scrolling. Never ends. Every episode is its own entry, and you're like, oh my god, how many times have we watched? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> and... Honestly, rewatches, is Always Sunny in Philadelphia and BoJack Horseman. Jesus Christ!
1: I need to. Someone help me, please. I should need to start watching it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because I've been quoting it all of uh, Danny DeVito's lines quite frequently. <laughs> like someone was, uh, I was out at the rugby club and somebody was freaking out and I just instinctively went, "Can I offer you an egg in this troubling time?"
0: <laughs> it's it's a great show. I really like. I think you'll enjoy it once you yeah. once you start watching. you be like, oh, I get it. This is why everyone's in on it.
1: Community. I have tried. Yeah, you tried. I'm I'm not a fan.
0: If, if you're in it, you're in Guinness. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll bring the DVDs back. I appreciate you loaning me them, but I, I can't. I think it may be Joe McHale. Really? Not that big a fan of Joe McHale. Yeah,
0: uh, he's very hit or miss, and for me, it's a massive hit because he's just a dick and I find yeah. that funny. But yeah, yeah, fair Um, so I went back to my list and just went through, and then I I was expecting the main pick of the shoot be anime, and then this year Funimation did a thing where it's like, oh, like put out your top five anime list of this year of uh, things you watched this year that you really enjoyed uh, as part of, like, a social network, like, media campaign yeah. thing. And I was like, okay, what did I enjoy? Like went back and looked at my list, because I have a, a, my anime list account where I can see everything I've watched this year for anime mm. on different platforms, and I just keep cataloging it as I watch it. And I was looking at all this stuff, like, I didn't... I mean, I had a good movie that I really enjoyed this year, but at the same time, TV shows, I haven't really rated anything that highly. So I went back to Netflix and was like, okay, what did I watch on Netflix that I loved? there's a lot of stuff. Again, Like I loved uh, watching Black Spot, but I'm not going back there. I'm, unless Black is Spot? It Black Spot's the French one. It's a French horror show about this uh, village in like the middle of the Black Forest in France that no one's really sure whether or not right. things are actually happening or if it's all an illusion or if it's all demons. And you okay. just have these characters cycling through which one of these three options it is <laughs> during a police murder investigation. You're like... I love this, but at the same time, like, I'm not coming I'm not gonna back watch to again. rewatch season one and two. Yeah. When season three comes out, I'm just going to say, oh, there's, a, there's like a, a, a prequel thing. It was <laughs> like a reminder, like, last time on Black Spot. I've enjoyed last it. Last time on Black Spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, like, stuff like, even Glow, I'm not going back to watch Glow again. I'm just going to pick it back up when the next season yeah, starts. Yeah,
1: because Glow season three was a real... Like, season three, it started off strong. Yeah. The stuff with the... Uh, Fucks Mark Mann's character called.
0: Just call him Mark Mann's character. People don't know who you're
1: talking about. The show uh,
0: organizer, something the, the Sylvia.
1: Yeah. Ah, who cares? Uh, Mark Mann's character. The stuff with him was great. Him reconnecting with his daughter. Then just drew, Just just drop off. It just dropped off. Uh, uh, what was on name? Betty Gilpin's character still was fucking insane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, can she calm down? Like, in the stuff with. Uh, Alison Brie again. Can we do something different with these characters? You've got some really good character moments, but the individual character stories are just fucking insane. Yeah. they make no fucking sense. So
0: I, I kept looking at like what I've watched and what I really enjoyed, and it came down to uh, Big Mouth season three and BoJack Horseman season six, in brackets part one. Mm. And it, I mean, Big Mouth's improved a lot of the years, but I'm giving it to BoJack because that is they're making these great individual episodes for mm-hmm. characters and giving them uh, like great arcs and it's great writing yeah and i i I want to see bojack become healthier on his journey through rehab Mm -hmm. and health and just becoming a better person overall and just admitting he's growing older he has faults he has to genuinely make amends for these things before he dies which may actually be the end of the show no one will be surprised if he's dead at the end of the show yeah but the way that they have made these great individual episodes that have been gradually building towards the uh this what will be a payoff that has been like five years in the making at this point is insane that this is like a feat of writing and when people talk about bojack being one of the biggest comedies of the year or biggest or the most i think it's can get to it referred to as one of the most important comedies of the decade hmm. i'm like i think you're wrong i really yeah. can't fault you on that one so season six part one was probably my my show for uh 2019
1: again like yourself i watched Quite a bit of TV, a lot of rewatches in there, uh, rewatching Stranger Things. And Stranger Things season three almost took it for me. Oh, yeah, that was on my was list good. as well. Yeah. I mean, Stranger Things has never really had a misstep. There were three solid seasons, a couple of bad episodes here yeah. or there, but ultimately three fucking strong as hell uh, seasons. Uh, I was originally going to give it to Good Omens, but again, I've watched Good Omens twice now. I don't think I'm going to go back anytime soon for the third rewatch. Yeah. I really strong characters. You've got uh, David Tennant as Crowley, fucking knocks it at the part. Michael Sheen as Aziraphale, the angel. They just fucking play these roles expertly. It was almost like they were written for them. And there's other uh, supporting cast in there. There's Jack Whitehall, who plays a inept uh, computer engineer. Every time he touches a computer, <laughs> it shuts down immediately. And you find out that that's linked to the whole apocalypse thing. Right. Which fucking like Terry Pratchett has these has this way of writing seemingly nonsensical things and just linking them back into the, pro- the plot at the end of the game. And when you get the there, book, you're like, shit, that was good. Yeah. Okay, he uses. I, I, you're not really bothered about spoilers, but spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Good Omens yet. And to be fair, why haven't you seen Good Omens yet? It's been on Prime for long enough. But uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are responding to the coming of the Antichrist and they want to basically destroy the planet so that he can rule over what's left. Mm-hmm. And to do that, instead of just, you know, the traditional way of just war, fire, they find a nuclear airbase and just start launching nukes. Right. And then uh, Jack Whitehall's character, because he's completely inept to the computer and has this ability to destroy them, he just pushes enter (laughs) on the computer system (laughs) and the whole thing shuts down (laughs) and some guy comes over the the monitor and just goes, sir, we've just averted launching all of our nuclear missiles. What happened? We don't know. (laughs) Jack Whitehall's just sitting there going, see, I break everything I've touched. No, you did your job. That's good.
0: Well, you did good this time. (laughs) Well done. Thank you. And then there's a
1: there's a... The, character, the actress's name is Adria Arjona. Spanish actress. I'd bang her off everyone now. <laughs> but she's she's another good character. She's She is trying to find the Antichrist and put him back on the path of good. But she's doing it in accordance with a book of prophecies that are incredibly accurate written by her eight times great grandmother. Right. And she's following every step of her journey because of this. And there's a lot of really good characters in that. But it is six episodes and there's no... Rewatchability to it because the six episodes that's it Right, there's there's one book that he's never going to do anything more with it Neil Gaiman has even said we could have continued with it Amazon gave us the option to but I thought even if Terry was still alive Terry Pratchett would not have wanted the season two. he would have just left it at that because his whole thing was he always wanted good omens to become a movie or a TV show before he died and Neil Gaiman said he would do that if he couldn't and he did and continuing to do a good omens type show Without Terry Pratchett, just felt disingenuous. He said this on in an interview, on you probably find it on YouTube. But uh, despite all those good points, my favorite TV show of 2019 goes to The Witcher. Oh, purely because there's a couple. The main, the only problem I had with The Witcher, apart from the pacing of it, and the sense that the pacing was all over the place. At one point, you're in the past with Geralt before Siri leaves uh, Sintra. Next thing you know, you're following City as she goes through the the woods, meeting the wood elves and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all over the place. The only the problem I had with it was there's a character in there called Triss Merigold. Right. She's a like you. I, you've you've seen The Witcher. I've car- seen
0: the first like half of the first episode. And I'm gonna watch the rest of it. I don't mind spoilers. Right. Don't worry about that. Uh,
1: you'll see her when when she and she's in the show. She's uh, she doesn't she doesn't get called Triss until much later. But you'll see her. She's got like brown curly hair. Right and again, Triss Merigold in the games and in the books a fucking phenomenal character. Like she's a another good counterpart to Geralt, and that's the good thing about The Witcher is Geralt is very much a solo one man wolf pack. Yeah everyone else is a good counter to him. Even Yaskir, the, uh, the bard who was called Dandelion in the games. Right. Can understand why they changed the name. Yeah. <laughs> they want it to be taken seriously. They can't have him called Dandelion. He's a really good counter to Geralt because Geralt was very stern and sullen and just kind of, one man murder machine. I want to get this done. I want to get my coin. I want to go drink some ale, but Yaskir's just going, dude, you're a fucking, I could make thousands off you. Just let me chronicle your journey. And he's upbeat and he's very boisterous and shit like that. And, uh, Then you've got the other characters like uh, Yennefer of Vengerberg. She's almost the same as Geralt, but she's just more, I'm going to do it my way. Fuck everyone else that gets in the way. Right. Uh, Triss Merigold, she's a bit like Yennefer in the sense with the magic and she's out for herself, but she's more positive. Mm. She's willing to help the little person. But uh, bringing it back to Triss Merigold, in the games, she is uh, white-skinned with red hair. Very, very red hair. Talking that couch-color red hair. Right. In the series really not bothered with the fact they made their black character but there's nothing to invoke the original character there with right. Yennefer you've got the jet black hair you've got the because Yennefer in the games and the books was always described as this beautiful fucking statuesque woman mm-hmm. and they've got a pretty good looking actress to play her in, in the series and they've got the, the purple eyes and they've got the hair and it's like okay you're staying true to that character Yennefer looks like Yennefer mm-hmm. Triss looks nothing like Triss but she's not in it enough to, for people to notice really right she still evokes the character to, a, to an yeah. extent. If she's a good actress. She's visually. Job, I would fine. have liked to have seen more of a callback to uh, Triss from the games. Yeah. But apart from that, uh, Henry Cavill fucking kills it as Geralt of Rivia. Yeah. The I was worried originally about him doing the American accent, but no, he sticks with the English accent. But he just puts the rasp on it like the games, mm. which I just think works works fucking perfectly and the, the creatures and stuff that he fights and all the other uh, visual effects that are in there uh, how the potions affect him as well is fucking epic. Right. I haven't uh, seen him
0: use a potion yet but I, I will say the creatures I saw the uh, the fight at the start where he's uh, fighting the lake monster thing yeah. that was like okay they're taking this seriously yeah. like they're not fucking around with the CGI on this one. Nah. They,
1: they, they, this had a budget and uh, the cool thing about it was uh, Andre Subkowski, the guy who writes the books he was in on every episode Like when mm. he first seen Geralt he we just went that's him. Like that is Geralt of Rivia when he's seen Henry Cavill in the full up.
0: Now, that's interesting. Because Which is
1: cool when you get the guy who writes the books coming yeah. and go, "That's him, man."
0: Especially when that guy is a bit of a dick about the games. Yeah, he really he's he um, was particular about the games. When it came to like the the conversation around what made The Witcher a popular series and why it was getting a, a Netflix adaptation, mm. and why this is this like this thing has been in the works in Hollywood for a couple of years yeah. now and it's always been this thing the author's like no my books are what make it popular it's like dude no one has read your books yeah the i didn't know this was a book until you told me it was a book yeah <laughs> right now like i'm sorry like the the red square games i think it is that make, uh, red, cd project cd project red uh those those games are the reason people know this franchise yeah. and they're great games and they're they're big adaptations of your books but i i gotta say mate like you're being a bit of a dick about this yeah so to have him come and say something nice about the netflix show yeah Pretty good PR for the uh, for the show.
1: Yeah. Nice. All, all the interviews that you see with him is just going. No, I uh, I uh, looked at the scripts. I gave them my blessing. I've seen the characters, and he's apparently he's very happy with it. Hmm. One of the best parts of it, though, I should say that the potions that he takes they are basically poison to humans, but because of his mutations, they give him boosts, right? And uh, so buffs and shit like that. But if he takes too many of them, that's when they start becoming poison to them. And that's oh, why you right. see him with the blacked out eyes and the veins and stuff popping. That's his the in the games they call it his toxicity, his blood toxicity. Yeah. If he takes more of these potions, he basically just kills himself and inside that.
0: You can overdose.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Easy way to die. But the what uh, the best part of the, the show excuse me. Is the fight choreography. Yeah. It is just like watching someone play the game. How Geralt almost dances through combat, and how he makes it look so fucking easy. Yeah. When he's just swinging these uh, long swords about, he's fucking brilliant. And the magic and stuff that he has, because he can cast all these weird signs. Mm-hmm. In the game, one of them puts a magic area around him that causes uh, incorporeal creatures to become uh, tangible. Yeah. So he can uh, hit them, and he obviously can cast fire. He can do a big force push thing. Yeah. He can. I think he can give himself armor and stuff like that but he's got all these different signs they make them look really fucking cool yeah and uh, i think they save the cool one at the end when he just casts a big fireball and so on but no i would wholeheartedly uh, recommend uh netflix as the witcher if you're a fan of the the games you will fucking love it if you're a fan of the books you will love it as well because it's there's enough from what you recognize with siri Geralt, tris yennefer mm. all the other characters. That you will love, you'll get into the show, but there's enough new stuff and enough different, uh, enough of a different storyline from what you've uh, read, that you will be hooked instantly. Hmm. Like I said, pacing wise, it does jump a bit, a bit too much, but when you realise that, Geralt and Ciri's paths are basically diverging because Geralt is trying to get to where Ciri is, but Ciri is trying to get away from where Geralt's getting to. Right. And when you realise that, you think, "Oh, right, that does make sense because Geralt is trying to get to Sintra." At the time of the Nelf Guardians attacking. Right. But as the Nelf Guardians are attacking, Siri's just like, my house is on fire. Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> I, Get the fuck out of there. The,
0: the one criticism I've seen is that the elves aren't naked. <laughs> so apparently, yeah. the elves should be naked. The elves naked. should be but naked. But <laughs> they
1: had to sell it on. I mean, it's already done 18. They may as well have just had naked elf. Yeah.
0: Give us, give us the elf titties.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of titty on show as well. It a, it's a very, there's a lot of titty.
0: Well, based on the cosplays I've seen, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So, uh, movie of the year. This will be a surprise to absolutely no one when I see Avengers Endgame. And this is yeah. one that you picked as well. And I almost we, picked that one. We had the same different. thing going on. We're right? like, I feel like we need to recommend something else because yeah. all we've done is suck off this movie for like <laughs> yeah. six months. because uh, there's key-
1: nothing that's beating it in terms of spectacle. Yeah. Storytelling It expects you to fill in the blanks at some points.
0: I I was looking at this and I'm thinking I can't believe this came out in April this year. Yeah, it's insane. Um, a
1: phenomenal movie, utterly phenomenal movie.
0: I've never been in a room where about two hundred people have all just so willingly suspended disbelief hmm. in the fact that you're watching a movie and you're watching. You it feels like you're watching like a history lesson. Like oh, this actually happened. Of course, it didn't happen. Like you feel that in, engaged with this, and I mean this is I say ten years in the
1: making at this point
0: 10 12 15 maybe even years in the making from the start of iron man one
1: yeah iron Man one was 2009
0: can't be that far off i think at this point 10 years in the making yeah. and this is it's insane that this works so well and I, I love it as a movie and then you have it as like a pop culture moment and it's it indicates something big has happened to the point where people are willing to sit through i mean look at the length of movies now compared to what they were 10 15 years ago yeah i mean the lord of the rings did a lot to push the length of a movie and it made things more acceptable to be two and a half hours long and then you've got you know, director's cuts being things four
1: hours long yeah um if you watch them all back to back you may as well clear a weekend because
0: <laughs> we did you do have to clean a weekend uh, 12 hours from start to finish and that's if you skip the like 40 minutes of dvd uh credits <laughs> if you skip the, the four of endings of return <laughs> of the king jesus christ <laughs> just just end it once that's fine any one of these is fine please yeah just pick one please mr jackson i still remember
1: please. when i went to see return of the king someone stood up in front of me at the first inning and just oh fuck it's still going and, sat back <laughs> down. and he's he was there with his son his son's just like yeah this is cool that's cool i drank a lot of cola i need piss <laughs> um
0: but this the, the fact that we are putting this much money into these films I and mean, when you realize that this year disney apparently has earned something like 70 percent of the u.s total box office yeah,
1: it is ridiculous it's
0: kind of scary
1: yeah, the mouse is making some power plays.
0: It's more to do with, um, I'm worried that this thing will collapse. And I was trying to uh, avoid the, the memory of uh, what's called like the big studios collapse in the 1940s to 1960s. Hmm. And that was just because there was a legal case and they said, or there was a, a, a lawsuit about um, big studios monopolizing. And they realized that like several big institutions were rising, there were five big studios, and they basically shut them all and broke them all up. And it imploded cinema for a long time. It took a long time for cinema to recover. That's what it's like referred to from like the, the case was in the nineteen forties. They fixed it after the nineteen sixties. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, could you imagine if that happened during the process of this of of these films being made, the idea that you would just have to stop the Avengers endgame. Like that, <laughs> that plot line would have to just stop and be on hold for like five, ten years while a legal battle ensued. Yeah. Like this is it was it was kind of nervous like watching these films be made, like what if somebody dies? Because right now, I mean, we just finished like Star Wars, like Star Wars just wrapped up. Yeah. And we lost uh, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And it has a noticeable impact on the movie. Yeah. What if that had happened to the Avengers? But all of this kind of went off without a hitch. Yeah. The the biggest thing was they got rid of uh, Ed Norton and then they got rid of the guy who plays, he would have went on to play War Machine. Oh, shit.
1: Uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like those two are the only major casting changes that I can yeah. think of.
1: Because he he made some shitty comments. He was like, "Oh, you going to find a better actor than me? Do it." Huh? Same with Ed Norton. They were like, "Oh, you going to find someone better than me? Fucking do it." You, you think we, you got have... <laughs> we, got Don, <laughs> we got Don Cheadle next door?
0: We got Don Cheadle and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Oops, Later, boys. <laughs> <laughs> have fun now. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was it was it's rare to think that you you got to be part of that. Yeah, it yeah. was genuine privilege to be a part of that that moment in movie history,
1: yeah. it was genuinely something that could have went horribly wrong, but it just the stars aligned. Kevin Feige did the right things and said, right, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to bring Spider-Man in, we're going to fight like fuck to get these in. Everything just fell into place, with a lot of work, I'm guessing, behind the scenes. Yeah, imagine that between licensing and stuff like that, uh, and With and even to get the Hulk in a movie, because Universal have a fucking death grip on the Hulk license, they want to do something with it, but Marvel just, no, 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 we fucking need him for this. <laughs> we have Avengers thing for him. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be in Thor, motherfucker. Put him in Thor.
0: It's, uh, it was impressive. And as a movie, it's, it's a good movie.
1: It's oh, yeah. Dang f- good movie. I think there's maybe
0: going to be a better uh, DVD cut to explain some
1: bits and pieces. Yeah, I think there's going to be, there's a lot of deleted scenes. Yeah. Like, there's, apparently there's a deleted scene where it shows, because the soul gem is a weird fucking thing. It takes the souls, but it stores them in some kind of weird pocket dimension within the stone itself. Right. So I think there was going to be some kind of scene where all the heroes trapped inside the soul gem just, you know, coming to grips with the fact that they are dead. Which could have been pretty powerful, but maybe just a bit too much for the two and a half hour movie that it already was
0: see I, I don't mind the the way the movie handled it where it's like those people just weren't there they just weren't conscious there was just nothing there was yeah. just a void i'm actually okay with that that way of looking at things because yeah. it does make it a bit weird to have to have explained no these people existed in the weird pocket dimension for two and a half years um or however five years or something wasn't oh yeah it's yeah, five years
1: um but yeah because like there was a lot of 12 and in, in spider-man far from home there was a lot of 12 year olds that came back 17 years old No, <laughs> i'm still in whatever grade i was in five years ago <laughs> So yeah, um, your movie of the year. My movie of the year. I I, I stole Avengers from you. <laughs> it was almost going to be Endgame, but there was one other comic book movie that I have watched more often since buying up on Blu-ray that came out around about the same time as Avengers Endgame, and that is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm. I, something about this movie, the way it's drawn, the art style, and the animation on the movie itself is fucking stunning. It looks like you're watching a comic book. All the weird paneling and uh, if there's any if there's ever energy being shot, you can see the Kirby dots going through there. Yeah. For those who don't know what the Kirby dots are, Kirby dots were just these uh, black dots within beams to show that this was a beam of energy. Revolutionary uh, style back in the day, and it's still used to this day. Yeah. But you've got all the all the other cool aspects of the design and the animation and the style of the film. But then you've got the characters within the movie itself, originally this was going to be about Peter Parker and it was shelved. Uh, Sony looked at him and went, no, we've got enough Peter Parker. And then it took a lot of convincing for the director who's just like, no, we we can make it about Peter and someone. Uh, I think one of the producers in the movie just said, why don't we make it about Miles Morales? No one knows who Miles Morales is. Let's do something for him. And they're like, shit, we can do that. We can have Peter in there as a kind of, the older, kind of washed out Spider-Man and we can have other Spider-People in there. But, Let's, let's make it about Miles Morales. Let's put him at the forefront. Yeah. And I think that's part of what makes Spider-Verse a good film because he's not immediately Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He has to learn how to be Spider-Man. He doesn't get the black and red costume immediately. He gets a crappy Halloween costume. Yeah. He, he, he's not immediately gifted with the swinging. He has to learn. He crashes into a tree a couple of times.
0: The, the origin story of like, a superhero is always great. We're a little worn out in it right now because we've had a thousand of them from Marvel. Yeah but you get a chance to see the Spider-Man story, but then Uncle Ben doesn't have to die.
1: Yeah. You see, seeing the Spider-Man origins, or seeing a Spider-Man origin story where Spider-Man's parents are alive. Yeah. One of them's a cop who has to deal with Spider-Man. That, that's a pretty funny dynamic. At the end of it, you see Miles Morales going up to his father saying, oh, thank you for protecting the city, and he's putting on this weird voice because he doesn't want it to notice him. Yeah. And you just get this really funny moment of this cop going, I don't like you. I don't like what you do, but you protect this city, so I'm going to be okay. Then you see Spider-Man run up and hug him, and he's like, oh, oh, shit, well, okay, we're doing this now. Okay. <laughs> Just pats him on the head, like, go away. Go go, go away, weird spider boy. Yeah. I think maybe might be my son. <laughs> you could, you're about the same height as my son. And then there's the other supporting characters in there. Hey, you smell like what we had for dinner tonight. <laughs> Wait, What's up with that? You, you got meatloaf in your finger. What the fuck is that? <laughs> my wife made meatloaf. Did you steal my wife's meatloaf? <laughs> I'm arresting you, Spider-Man. But you've got a spider-man noir voiced by a uh, nicholas cage you've got oh, uh, a yeah. spider gwen who i can't something steinfeld voiced her fucking knocks it at the part you've got uh, a a very famous american comedian lily tomlin playing aunt may right it took me a while to realize i, was like, I recognized that voice and i googled it I was like, holy shit that's lily tomlin hmm. anyone who watched comedy back in the 80s and 90s she was royalty she was up there with Joan rivers in terms of female comedians yeah you yeah, like okay and now you've got her for the, the sequel going, I want to be a spider person. <laughs> <laughs> I've read the comic books. at may get spider person. Make me spider mom, motherfuckers. <laughs> Make me spider grand. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a spider mom, they call her. Oh, right. And then you've got uh, John Mulaney as a spider ham. <laughs> and it's just fucking... I a pig. <laughs> who plays a cartoon, a cartoon character fucking expertly because his voice is kind of uh, higher anyway. Yeah. So when you put that in a car- uh, cartoon character's voice, like, yeah, that's pretty fucking awesome like John Mulaney knocks it apart hmm. and you've got the, the Japanese anime Spider-Man that goes into her name's Penny Parker she goes into a Gundam type spider thing right that's linked uh, there's a the thing that controls it's a spider that she has a psychic connection with oh right so there's all these weird chaotic elements in this movie that make it fucking awesome and you've got my favourite part of the movie that you've got the walking wardrobe uh, Wilson Fisk It's just this black shape with tiny hands and feet and this little fucking head and you see him in the final fight with uh, Miles and Wilson Fisk at the end of it he's running like he is just tiny <laughs> he's throwing things about and oh, it's fucking awesome I'd highly recommend Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse
0: it is one of those it's like I'm, I really did mean to watch that this year yeah it really should have. it shouldn't work
1: it. it shouldn't be as good as it is but yeah. all, the, all the chaotic elements come together and they make a really good film uh so now to the boring part, books. Okay.
0: I did. I read one book that wasn't related to work this year. Uh,
1: I read two non-legal textbooks this <laughs> year.
0: <laughs> read, reading's hard, kids. Okay, audio reading, books.
1: Reading's boring, especially when you've got to read like two, three hundred pages every couple of weeks. Yeah, and if you have to read
0: for something else, reading for fun becomes kind of a side... Yeah, yeah. Pa- it becomes psychopathic. Really, you've <laughs> got to be really passionate, and it's at the point where if you've ever been a, on a dating app, you know that reading books is a personality trait yeah it is a, a, a way that people describe themselves like i read books and you understand it inherently that means that they are someone who can devote the time and the mental attention to just reading yeah. in a world full of digital screens so book reading is hard kids yeah
1: it, it, it takes some time but it's worth it yeah but you learn some cool shit and you see some cool shit
0: or in my case you laugh at woke people um, I oh
1: god I know what this is going to be It's Tanya McGrath. Oh walk. fuck you <laughs> <laughs> fuck He's you. so funny You know what I hate, Titanium McGrath <laughs> There's me, easier ways to keep yourself entertained <laughs> Motherfuckers uh, t- Titanium McGrath, you're a snow hole
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tanya McGrath Is a is a parody
1: Of You bitch
0: The <laughs> I, I can't disagree with that. One. Straight <laughs> it, ass clown, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> she is a parody of these ultra liberal, ultra progressive people, uh, to the point where she is then kind of inventing back around on herself. If you follow me on Twitter, you see I retweet most of her stuff because I find it hilarious and just enjoying this weird kind of uh, enjoying the paradox of how far she can take these ideas. And the book is just that. It is just it's more of a long written thought essay than the tweets which are almost a little bit to 280 characters or something like that when you have the the full text version it does feel like something you could read on the internet but someone's taking time to write it down as a joke in this long form uh version and I, i've just been enjoying it i just take it everywhere i go and just whenever i have five minutes just pop it out, read a quick couple like really quick chapter very small book throw it back in my bag and i'm done yeah. And it's, it's, been a, it's been a good chuckle. There's some point where you I can't read this in public. I'm going to fucking laugh. I'm going <laughs> to laugh way too hard. And someone's going like, to ah. so ask him like, it's fine. Someone's just comparing like working in Applebee or working in a, a coffee shop to being like a Somalian refugee. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't understand. It, it is fine. It, it's a joke. Let's cool. go. That's the problem. Go. Is I, if you try and explain the joke, it's horrific. Because I tried to explain something that happened uh, with her online to my dad. And I ended up finding like a bunch of weird like wormhole stuff that like, once you're in the rabbit hole, you just find yeah, the next thing and the it's next thing. I had to dig away And out. before I knew it, I was watching a sex ed video for people with mental disabilities. Anyway, what was your favourite
1: book of 2019? I don't think we can just <laughs> run past that one. Why were you we watching that video?
0: Why were you not watching the video? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you show me where PP go?
0: It, it is on a, it. In a weird way, I think. Because you remember our sex education class from high school.
1: Yeah, we had, we had the lesbian PE teacher.
0: <laughs> it, we had one... No, that we, he wasn't the person. Who that. We we the other the, the other PE teacher. Same size of person.
1: Uh but I think we might have been in different PSE classes. Maybe. Actually, yeah, yeah. We, we, were. Were. we had uh, the lesbian PE teacher missed out. <laughs> Don't think you should have named her there. <laughs> Fuck you. She said I'd be she said no, leave it in. <laughs> leave it in, motherfucker. Leave it in. She's not gonna watch <laughs> for <this>. no reason. <laughs> but no She's too busy killing people.
0: <laughs> killing that it, dreams. In my high school, uh we actually just well, for our class, it was legitimately just, we were in uh, the PSE class, the personal social education, development, whatever class, yeah. and they just took us into the room, put on the A to Z of sex.
1: And Johnny condom,
0: And that was it. And the best part of it is, as I still remember, E is for erection, because it is literally a drawing of a guy walking past a pool, seeing a girl in a bikini, getting a boner, and then jumping into the water. That was it. That was the only sex education class I got in high school. Brilliant. It's amazing i haven't had a kid yet
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i have very bad memories of that class only because of I mean, we lucked out in terms of attractive girls yeah uh, the the dovetail thong was quite the whale tail <laughs> thong was quite the good thing i was sitting next to a really good friend of mine who's since fucking matured out of this yeah, boobies and butts stage yeah. he had a he borrowed one of my pens one day, and he was sticking it. He had it just hanging at the end of his mouth, and you could tell it was my pen because it had my fucking name on it. <laughs> <laughs> it had it had a DJ Anderson on it. I was like, "Okay, who's that?" We only there's only one, not a Dom J Anderson on it because I remember it had Dom written on it, and he, he had it dangling at the end of his mouth. He leaned forward as the girl in front of me, leaned forward, and my pen fell out of his mouth and into arse <laughs> and she fished the pen out and just went, looked down at me and flung it back at me. It's like you're fucking disgusting. I'm telling the teacher, I was like, it wasn't my pen, <laughs> it is my pen, but he, not I wasn't pen, used not it. my pen, technically. Yeah, so, like... yeah, I've got bad, fucking bad memories. Of that. Remember
0: when we were talking about books?
1: <laughs> talking about books,
0: yeah. We're doing the books. Oh, yeah, we book, yeah. Yeah. no, this No, this eight is, is ter- this is therapy.
1: <laughs> no, hey, my. I, I have, a, I have two favourite books because one of them's a fairly serious book that was just, it was good to see a glimpse behind there. The other one's a fucking strange book. Right. Uh, but the strange book was uh, The Disaster Artist by uh, Mark and Greg Sestero. Why have I heard of this before? Because it's the book about the making of The Room with Tommy oh, Wiseau. Oh, right. Yes. All the shit that you've heard about Tommy so being a weird guy. Yeah. 100% true. Yeah. Greg Sestero basically says whenever they went out to eat, he would just throw fistfuls of fifties at people. He had a bottomless pit of money. Huh. He, at one point, he said he went up to an ATM with uh, Tommy Wiseau and he'd just seen eight figures. Like Not, not eight figures. A million would be seven. Yes. Yeah, he would see seven, fi- seven figures plus. Just a bottomless pit of money. He had huh. so much fucking money. And uh, they would take money out of uh, the account for... To pay uh, directors, supervisors, assistant directors, that kind of shit. And uh, in the movie, Seth Rogan's character goes up and says, Oh, I'm here to lift this money from uh, Mr. Weisso's account. And he goes, Oh, we call that account the gold mine. And he said, No shit. And then he, he takes all the different checks and goes, like, Oh, this is the checks for the different people. And he's like, Oh, there's more in the account. Don't worry about it. Tommy was always just a bottomless bit of money. And all the weird eccentricities that we do, when they were filming the movie, they were not allowed air conditioning. Hmm. so they're in the middle of this roasting hot studio because apparently when you're angry you put out a better performance and yeah it just got fucking nuts like the, the guy one of the other guys in the movie and this is in the book anyway I don't think it's really in the, the movie the disaster rocks. Yeah, he had Tommy was over by the throat and he was ready to fucking kill him because like we have been here for 8 hours recording one scene and it is fucking 100 degrees in this room sort your of shit out time after time people threatened to walk out of this thing, yeah. all because Tommy Wiseau was always weird. He had to shoot it in H D and VHS quality. Because that's what he wanted to do. That's how a good movie was to him. Right. And everything every weird thing that he found up Tommy was a hundred percent true. I would highly recommend the disaster artist because it is both funny and terrifying and strange as hell at the same time. Hmm. You can get it for buttons on Amazon. Yeah. I think I got my copy free with the movie. Which is weird that we get the disaster Artist Blu-ray and the disaster Artist book.
0: Not really. I mean, I guess if you're interested, it's kind of like here's the full version. Yeah, you know? here's
1: the full version without shit cut out. Here's the version. Well, here's the full version that doesn't have Seth Rogan's laugh in it.
0: <laughs> oh no. Yeah,
1: the... uh, James Franco, oddly good at playing Tommy Russo in the in the movie. He's a very good actor. Yeah, really
0: good actor. He. I saw him in shit the... a ton of
1: PhDs as well. Hmm. Technically, it's Doctor James Franco. We should be calling him.
0: I saw him in. Uh, he's in Six Underground. He's the driver at the start. Yeah. And uh, I love that movie, but the start of it, he is fucking amazing. Mm. He actually looks like a street racing junkie. Yeah. Uh, But yeah.
1: So my second book was a a book called uh, My Name's Doddy. It was about uh, Doddy Weir, uh, one of my fucking sporting heroes. The guy was a phenomenal rugby player, captained the Lions tour. Mm -hmm. The Scottish rugby player played... uh, I can't remember where he played in Scotland, but he made his he made a name for himself in Newcastle, playing for the Newcastle Falcons. He was recently diagnosed with motor neuron disease, so the book was his his way of raising money for the, the MND Foundation, and the My Name's Story Foundation, and the book itself was just a really 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 fascinating look into his life and how, as a farmer down in is it Galashiels, yeah, down in the borders anyway. He's yeah. like, why do I need to go play professional rugby? I make shit tons of money here and i'm happy doing what i'm doing here it's all about the people like his friends and i just going no you've got a gift you need to go and use this gift mm. like, you need to go and play rugby you can make you can make a career out of this and, and it did and that's sort of the first three quarters of the book the last quarter of the book is him talking about the future what he's going to do next like he hopes to find a cure for motor neurons disease but it's like, if i don't this and it's just a lot of really heartfelt really touching moments in there and if you're even a slight bit of a rugby fan i recommend that you read this book even if you're not you're gonna get a really good story out of it yeah so i'd highly recommend my name's Doddy. Hmm. so i did read two books this year and it is on it is recorded
0: we have it on record that dom can read yes i cannot <laughs> i cannot
1: count i have four fingers up
0: <laughs> <laughs> now on to the real books books with pictures books with pictures Comic books. Teddy books. Mine was a teddy <laughs> book, pretty much. <laughs> Fucking hell.
1: I've, I know I remember what your book is, and this is filth. This is it filth. is
0: absolute filth. I read, for my comic book of the year, was I read a couple. I mostly, I mean, manga, so it's Japanese comic books, basically the same thing, right? Uh, Chinese cartoons, basically. And I read Monster Musume, which is a... Filth. Filth, yeah. <laughs> I will explain it this way. Clips of the uncensored TV show appear on Pornhub and have a very high like to dislike ratio <laughs> and from non weebs to just people who just bumped into finding this weird anime porn stuff and who were just like okay i'm down for this i'm like this is just really weird <laughs> 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 it, it, the The entire show is based on and the comic book is that uh, humans and monsters have lived on the same world for so long but they now need to kind of integrate into society so while various like government organizations work on the legal side of things uh they have monsters live as kind of like foreign exchange students with people. Uh the only problem is the monsters are really horny and people are legally not allowed to fuck them. That is the entire premise of the show and just the like raw like frustration of the guy as he's like harassed by about a harem of I think I think we're up to eight monster women at this point. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. But a variety of uh, scantily clad monster women try and seduce him. Especially on a full moon, because apparently that's when the real hormones kick in and they get super horny.
1: <laughs> that's what those monster ladies just become horny as fuck.
0: And they just want to bang him, and he can't, because otherwise he goes to jail. So that is the entire premise of the show and the, the manga, but I, I, I love the show. It's so fucking silly because of, you know, I just described the plot to you. Is that not a silly plot? Yeah, it's fucking weird, man. But they have... Uh, the manga is just, like, several leaps and bounds out. I don't think there'll be a season two of the show, so the manga was the only way to enjoy it. And just, it gets so much fucking worse, but at the same time, so much better. Like, I I just finished the arc where they go to, um they go to, like, the snake's homeland, and they're having literally just a mating festival. It is that level of just, like, absolute cheese, where it's all the different snake tribes all have a champion that's the, the man, that's the most virile man they know and he will attempt to, like, breed with the other people, or they will, like, try and seduce each other's man to try and get them away from the... It's a sex contest. I don't know what the fuck this show is about anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's hilarious. I just, every time it comes up, I'm like, this is so ridiculous, I'm never going to read it again. Another page, another page, <laughs> another page. <laughs> but it's just about these weird, chaotic relationships, and just I, I love the show so much that when I read the comic book, I'm like, "This is just as stupid, and I love it just as much." <laughs>
1: it's, just, I, it's so dumb. I want to stop, but I can't. What was your uh, your comic book of the year? Again, because I can't pick. I've got two comic books: one that's ongoing, one that's finished. run. right, uh, second book. I think I've probably talked about before, but it was uh, compiled this year. It was an ongoing series, but the finished product came out this year. Right. And that was uh, The Dark Knight's Metal. Alright. Oh, and right. that was uh, the DC crossover book explaining just basically the why of Batman. Okay. Because <laughs> Batman's always just think he goes up, he fights gods, he fights superpowered beings, but he never dies. Even when Darkseid tried to fight him, he came back. Right. What has been what is Batman being prepared for? What is Batman being guarded by or what is he being guarded against? Right. And you basically find out that Batman, through his, so because he's basically just this conduit of, sort of dark negative energy that b- people from the dark multiverse can tap into. Mm. They're basically just flooding him full of these, the titular uh, m- the metals, these different kind of fr- uh, mystical metal type things, and they're basically using him as a gateway for the dark from the dark multiverse through into the the multiverse itself, right? right? The sort of the usable multiverse because the dark multiverse. It's shit. It's basically dying. Its natural resources are being used up, and all the dark denizens are trying to bust their way through and take over something new, so that obviously they, they don't die. But they need some. They need a champion, or they need a gateway. So they've basically been pumping Batman through all these different kinds of metals, and uh, there's they use regularly occurring elements from other DC comics. There's this thing called nth metal, which is basically their version of vibranium, adamantium. This super strong, super light uh, multi-use material if Batman comes into contact with that that basically makes him almost indestructible right and all these different elements working and basically once the Dark Multiverse portal is open and they they can basically come to Earth proper there's Batman basically find out that Batman has influenced the Dark Multiverse of the set where there is the a jokerized Batman, there's Batman who has other powers of Superman, there's Batman who's taken over the body of the Flash. Oh, I think I read some of this, yeah. Yeah. And it is it's fucking nuts. It is absolutely insane. But the visuals are awesome and the story itself, for as hokey as it is, it's fucking great. Yeah. Highly recommend Dark Dark Knight's Metal. Not just for the metal fucking imagery, but for the actual storyline itself.
0: Is this the one where as the as the various dark Batman come through, mm-hmm. all the Justice League can think is let's go send the batman yeah let's go send the the justice league hero that that batman has clearly yeah. killed and begun to personify and yeah let's used. go let's
1: send cyborg to fight evil cyborg batman let's send wonder woman to fight evil and they spend batman, like wonder woman. a
0: whole chapter like getting the shit kicked up yeah. before they go
1: Let's oh my swap god! Dance partners. What if
0: everyone just goes one left yeah. and then they kick the shit out of the evil Batman and yeah. then they win? It's like oh my god, who could have seen that coming? Oh my god, are you people yeah. this fucking it dumb? Is, it's
1: is pretty <laughs> dumb. But the final fight with the Batman fighting the Batman who laughs with Joker helping him. Yeah. Every so often, like you'll see Batman swing a punch at the Batman who laughs, and then <laughs> then the next he will just punch Joker <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> That's fucking great. Sorry, force a habit. <laughs> this is sorry. You're my mortal enemy. Fuck you. But. <laughs> The second book that I wanted to talk about is called uh, The Doomsday Clock. And that is still ongoing. You can get an issue, you can get a volume one, which is the first six issues. The last six issues are just wrapping up now. And this is basically what happens when Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen, because DC now owns Watchmen. Oh, yeah. uh, They've officially got all the rights for that. And Alan Moore, the original creator of Watchmen, is happy for them to continue the series. But this is what happens when you've got Dr. Manhattan a being of infinite curiosity, infinite power, but no human emotion, wants to see how shit works. He wants to destroy the universe to rebuild it because he can. Mm. But for some strange reason, he can't see beyond Superman. Whenever he tries to see the why of the universe, it stops at Superman. So he's basically just un- he's pulling threads, trying to figure out what the hell all this shit is about. But mm. still, the one constant is uh, Superman, Clark Kent, and his son, Jonathan Kent. He cannot see past these two people. And then he's inf- he's bringing people back from the dead for no apparent reason because he wants Batman to stay the fuck away. He brings back uh, his father, uh, Thomas Wayne, hmm. but not the Thomas Wayne from Batman's universe, Thomas Wayne from the Flashpoint universe where Thomas Wayne is Batman. Right. But he's a sort of dark version of Batman that uses guns. Right. So then Batman has to fight a mirror, mirror image of himself and to get Superman to try and Maybe influence him in a different direction. He brings back uh, Jor-el, his uh, Kryptonian father, yeah, and just does that. And it's really fucking interesting to take it from this viewpoint of Doctor Manhattan of having no empathy, no human emotion, and just see what happens when he just starts doing shit. Yeah, because it- Doctor Manhattan is overpowered to shit. He can click at people, and their entire race dies. He
0: is he is he is god in a certain sense, yeah. and it's it's a warning. His entire character is a warning about the dangers of science and yeah. this untapped unchecked with, power with no human emotion with no
1: yeah. empathy from and another person really because the other characters are in there as well you've got the other Watchmen characters that have been put in there Rorschach uh, I think he's been brought back as well Rorschach might be in a couple of issues at the very start but and you've got the comedian you've got uh, Night Owl all these other characters in there they're, they're warning of what happens with Doctor Manhattan yeah. Wait, but you don't know what you're fucking with yeah. seriously this guy's a fucking this guy attention. is be lucky that he's a good guy but yeah. nothing can satiate his curiosity he just wants to see things and it's cool to see dr manhattan who was neutral and watchmen just become a, almost an out and it villain yeah but he doesn't know he's because he doesn't know he's a villain because he's just look oh, oh, you eh? i want to see what a eh? your heart has a weird beat to it <clears throat> oh i can see your heart i've just ripped it out of your chest oh, that's why it doesn't work and he just throws it back in and he, he just just, kick, just, he, he he just, just put people. you back in and just keep you running as, as you were. Yeah, he can rip someone's brain out of their head and then put it back in your head, and you wouldn't even remember. it. He makes in the in the uh, the HBO series Watchmen. Yeah. He makes his own race of people hmm. because he wanted to create life. He wanted to see what that would do. Because yeah.
0: for him, the universe is a petri dish. And uh, weirdly, yeah. he just
1: gets to fuck around in it. And because he's got no emotion, he has nothing to tether him to. nothing to make him think about a conclusion not not a conclusion nothing to make him think about a consequence yeah he's just going to keep doing stuff like that and doomsday clock at least the first six issues it does that fucking expertly it shows you that fair enough superman might be superman's not as strong as him but because he has human emotion he's the better character or he's the 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 good guy but take superman's type powers amplify them then remove the emotion then you have dr manhattan yeah so there's all there's this kind of Opposite image thing to it as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's that way. Like Doctor Manhattan is a weird character; but he's very good for telling these weird metaphysical stories. Like yeah. it's not about what's happening because at any point you can just go and things so, are and just reset everything. Just yeah. clicking his fingers, but he yeah. is
1: on. Un- he is God. Yeah, he is the most overpowered character in DC canon right now. Yeah, and I really cannot wait for the next or the second volume of Doomsday Clock to come out because I will binge read that shit. So, uh, for
0: Top Album of the Year, yep, I came up with... I uh, had a good time lesson music this year. I said I pu- pushed myself out there further and further and further just to see what I could find. And I found some weird and interesting shit. Yep. But the one that I keep coming back to, and it's more about the number of playthroughs that might actually shock you, um, Cold Rain is a band that I found out about uh, because they did the opening for Fire Force. They'd made A with a, a cameo from another guy from another Japanese metal band. um, But their album The Side Effects. Hmm. I found out about this band about 10 weeks ago, maybe. I think that might have been the start of Fire Force or when they used their intro for the first time. I legitimately might have played the album 40 times.
1: Jesus. I have
0: an obsessive brain with certain things like this Hmm. and once I get something, I just need to kind of scratch the itch until it's gone. This one has its hooks in bad because I'm still going to, like, I'm going to the gym after this. I'm going to listen to Cold Rain. (laughs) I'll put money down on it right now. But yeah,
1: uh, it's always it's always the thing that when you find a good record you just want to keep listening to it because you think that was fucking the same with a good movie you Just how many times have you watched a really really good movie and thought I'm going to watch it again put it back to start I'm going to do it right all over again and um, yeah I like this is
0: in a weird way like, most of my music is stuff I would have listened to 10-15 years ago uh, Cold Rain's a bit softer but this most of the stuff is actually the same bands i am listening to for 10-15 years hmm. and when I think about the big bands that I love so much I end up thinking oh man I'm really glad I, I got those last 10 years with that band yeah. or even like with Slipknot 20 years I think we've yeah. got to be close to 20 at this point
1: um, but with Cold Rain I'm like I can't wait for the next 10 years yeah like, I feel like it- you find a band that you want to stick with them, and that's that's rare for, especially for me I've never found a band recently and thought you know what I'm really looking forward to the next decade or so of music yeah there's always been I found a band with one good record the next is not really great via yeah. sort of light the torch devil you know it's like oh, first album was a fucking banger second album is, is, is yeah
0: and there's there's a lot of bands that this year have come out with albums that i'm like you guys have got this and slipknot was actually really close because yeah. the you know uh we're not your kind yeah is an absolute beast of an album yeah there's stuff in there Freaking that i'm album. like i can't believe you guys actually made this this is, yeah. this is surreal that you're this far into your career and still making great music although by the sounds of it it's near the end for slipknot um, based on a couple of interviews, which is weird. Yeah. Wait, Slipknot do interviews now? <laughs> surely, yeah. surely they just carve it on a pig and then throw it <laughs> out the side of a hotel balcony. Like that's it's what you, they to do.
1: Is when you get Corey Taylor and stuff like. Whatever form Slipknot takes, whether it's new band members or, like, we step back and let a new version of Slipknot rise. out, whatever version it takes, that'll be it. Yeah. I well, I'm it's just, sad uh, to think that a band that we still to this day love. And that got us in through the door of metal when we were younger. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember listening listen to Slipknot when I was in single digits. Yeah. I, I just think of uh, what Tara has is that Jim Roots interview where he said, I think it'd be
0: quite cool if Slipknot just disappeared. Just randomly. just like We don't tell anyone. We just we Stop release our last me. album. We do our last tour. And then we don't talk about it. Yeah. And just as soon as it comes up, just blank face and walk out the room. Now, that'd be scary. That but would be. A very good artistic statement, but at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be scary. I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy that as much. But yeah, this is um with with uh I'd i say everyone give the side effects a go. There's tracks now like Mayday, the one from Fireworks, I wanna be in a crowd when that kicks off. It's gonna be a fucking riot. <laughs> um then you've got like there's a track in there after one of my favourite tracks called the side effects, mm. which is just fantastic like it's one of those side effects is a great layered track which is what i really enjoy because i like to go back and listen to stuff and find new parts of the music that weren't there before or i didn't miss them the first time i heard the song yeah that's immediately followed by january 1st which might be the saddest song that i don't want to find out the meaning of because if i find out what actually caused someone to write that song i'm gonna be in pieces for like a week (laughs) i'm like who hurt i just think right now i'm like i'm okay with not knowing what hurt this man? I'm assuming right now it's a, it's a death of a loved one. Yeah. Possibly a suicide. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I just can't find any way to confirm it because he doesn't want to talk about it but he made one of the like one of the great sad songs yeah. of like metal or rock or whatever. One of the proper, I'm guessing it's a proper ballad. It's a farewell. It really, in a certain way, there's. it's not like a, it's not a love song. It's just, it's a, it's a letter written to a friend that mm. isn't there anymore. It's, I can't speak to you to say Goodbye. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to make this song. And I make this song. And he says in the song, I'm making this song so that someone else knows that this is not a unique feeling. This is how everyone feels when you lose someone and you love them this much. And I'm listening to it going, oh, my God. Oh my <laughs> you, you beautiful bastard. Why did you hurt me like this? <laughs> I just want to listen to Mel. What the hell is this? And it's, it's, it comes after, like, a, a great... Absolute banger of like a, a really like foot stomping metal track and like or fo- foot stomping rock track. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a great flip, like a total 180. And uh I mean, there's stuff in there like uh, there's a song called Breathe that is honestly, it you feel like a Shonen protagonist. You feel like you're about to go fight Frieza <laughs> for the first time. You're like I'm ready to do anything. Like it,
1: it just you can just feel the wind blowing, <laughs> the, the petals and shit swirling around it, you. You just feel cherry blossoms in there. You're like mm, yes. <laughs> you feel yourself grabbing for a sword that you know is not there. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. It, you,
0: the whole album just it takes you on several different rides and the end of it i think that's what i love about it is it's this weird layered nuanced approach to music that I, I just i haven't heard anything like that
1: in a while and just really enjoyed myself i think the best way someone described certain types of japanese metal and rock to me is just when you hear it you just want to run like you're in an anime opening <laughs> like you just want to for yeah. no apparent reason you just get up and think did the narrator run it's just <laughs> no not even that you just run for no reason you want to stand next to a tree and look up yeah <laughs> you, you want to you you, wanna just trope
0: you want to drop? It's it's great. I I love it, and I've handed the album off to several people, and been like, give it a go, and they get will come back with, yeah, I don't know, like why I enjoy this, but I just fucking love it. And if and it's on
1: Spotify, I'll give it a go.
0: Oh, it's it's there's on YouTube Music as well. If you're interested in that, nah, they, they yeah. keep trying to get me with that
1: <laughs> one month trial, but I keep saying fuck off.
0: Remind me some of YouTube Music when we're doing the main episode. But okay. yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. What was your
1: album of the year? Uh, my album of the year because I haven't really found new music that i thought i could sit listen to this i went back to the in flames back catalog and i found that they released an album in 2019 oh. called uh, i the mask and they have for my money anyway return to form because they did a couple other records that i thought were still good but it was it was different there was a change but in this one it was just we we're going to go back to sounds of a playground fading uh what the fuck's the name of this? that record is going to come up in may uh, Take this life, that that uh, whatever record that song was on, they've went back to that kind of heavier style. And it's like this is the flames that I fucking know and love. Yeah. And there's one track in particular that I can't fucking remember, and I'm going to keep vamping until my Spotify <laughs> loads, and I can find it. What the goddamn name of the song is? I feel like YouTube Music would already loaded by now. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is it called? Either ass. I Am Above is the name of the song. I Am Above. And oddly enough, it was used in the VGAs to show off a DD and d game. <laughs> so a lot of people have seen it. Now, but yeah, just a really, really good fucking uh, record. The only problem with it, though, is that I know I will never be able to get to see this record being played live because In Flames and a lot of other Swedish metal bands don't come to Scotland anymore. Soil Work, In Flames, Arch Enemy. Well, Arch Enemy aren't really Swedish, yeah. but... Uh, Lacuna Coil they don't come to Scotland anymore if I want to go and see them I'm going to have to go to England I don't want to go to England
0: you might as well go to Sweden it's more it's fun fucking
1: Sweden it'll be more fun I'd rather go to Gothenburg Gothenburg I'm surprised you've not made that pilgrimage I want to yeah eh uh, our buddy Argic, he went there and I was jealous as shit. He was, he was flying over there. He was there for eight hours and I was like, dude, if I was there for eight hours, there's at least 12 places I'd want to go to. <laughs> One of which being where I know the Inflames guys are because they own a restaurant called 2112. Huh. So I'd go there for a burger and just play it. Hi, you're Bjorn Jalotti. You play the guitar for Inflames as <laughs> you <be> sitting there. <laughs> I mean, like, this is the third guy today that's done fuck this. Would no, you fuck dude, off. I look like the lead singer from <laughs> Inflames. Like, Google Anders Frieden. That guy looks like me. Angers Frieden Anders Frieden a- uh, like the guy looks like me obviously a bit skinnier because he takes care of himself and I'm a bag of dust
0: Anders Frieden is not showing up with an image that was a, a hat showed up a hat yeah <laughs> <laughs> and the first guy is almost literally the opposite of you it's a guy with reds no look like, <laughs> find a more recent image find a more
1: recent picture he does look he does look quite a bit like me yeah
0: I, 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 don't I, have I do not have a bit more of a like he's got, you've got the same beard it's quite impressive, actually. Uh, did you style the beard after him? Maybe. <laughs> like, oh, God damn it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just—I genuinely the beard is this long because I haven't shaved.
0: So that's your that's your album of the year then. Yeah,
1: like, I can see there. It looks a bit like me.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's a bit more ginger though. Yeah, unfortunately, mate.
1: <laughs> no, the the beard is getting ginger on one side, but yeah, I I recommend In Flames. Even even if they didn't, even if this new album wasn't good, I still recommend In Flames. But as I've said, I think for the past couple of episodes, if you have any suggestions for new metal or new music in general, just send them on uh, via the Twitter at Push. Yeah. And fucking let me know because my, uh, my Spotify is stagnating. My YouTube playlists are stagnating. Yeah. Stagnation
0: does feel horrific when it comes to... Because like, you're consuming art. Like, you want to... You, know, yeah, you, you want love to think that you're constantly consuming new art. And then you realise, oh wait, I've listened to the same thing for like, the last five yeah.
1: years. We Are Not Your Kind and In Flames' is new record, Eye The Mask, are the two newest albums on my Spotify. I think before that, the, the newest album I have is a Ghost record Ooh. from two, 2018. I was fucking annoyed. A friend of mine went to see Ghost Without Me. And he, he came out. we were uh, at Pathfinder the day after at his flat, and he was like, oh, dude, you missed a Ghost show. And I went, "Ghost were in there." <laughs> he went, oh, did I not tell you? He went, no, you fucking didn't. <laughs> dude, I feel betrayed. <laughs> it's hard to keep
0: track of like what bands are in, yeah, in, in town. I would have fucking guess. loved to have seen Ghost because they, yeah.
1: they would have put on a show. Yeah.
0: So our last category was that's one you recommended, and it was YouTube video of yep, the year.
1: Yep. So, YouTube channel as well, if you want to open that up there, because.
0: Hmm. Uh, I, well, actually, if you want to talk about YouTube channels, um, I, I did find out that uh, Tommy Wiseau has a YouTube channel. Yep. And, and it's Ship Post Central. Uh, it's amazing. Central. His
1: <laughs> his has Christmas message genuinely gave me nightmares. Well, <laughs> it, it
0: was it, awful. It feels like you're walking with Tommy Wiseau through various LSD trips about yep. his life. And most of it is just him shit posting stuff from the room. You know, yeah. wait, can you do this? Can we do this? Who who who's in charge of <laughs> he this? He owns everything about the room. <laughs> um I I've got a video I would recommend. I'm not oh. sure about a channel yet. I'll never get back to you on that one.
1: Um so the video. See, I have a channel, but I found out I started watching them more in two thousand nineteen. Yeah. In fact, no, I never even started watching them in two thousand nineteen. I started watching them in two thousand eighteen. So fuck the YouTube channel. Right. So YouTube video. <laughs> YouTube video. I'm a big fan of the YouTuber
0: Super Eye Patch Wolf. Yep, his video on the Undertaker is phenomenal.
1: I genuinely thought if we're doing YouTube video, I will bet a bottle of your choice that you were going to choose Full Force by IDubs.
0: It was close. It really. I'm, I genuinely
1: uh, thought right if we're doing YouTube video, Colin's picking Full Force.
0: It's Full Force is a lot of fun, and it is it's, a very. It's strange. a lot of
1: fun, but then you realise that he's just picking on a guy with autism. <laughs> he's <laughs> not picking on him
0: though see when Adams wants to pick on someone you'll know it Yeah, this I've, is, I've never watched I feel this stuff like, before I feel like Full Force is a sincere like it's a guy who is a snarky shithead yeah. who is looking at just these weird people and saying I want to talk to these people I need to go like, I can't leave this alone I need to go do something about these people and just go find out what's going on Yeah, but that's not him being mean he actually has one of his videos pulled off at YouTube because they updated their terms of service about bullying and harassment. Uh, and right. even though they have allowances for uh, written comedy or, uh, or satire, mm-hmm. his video on a YouTuber named Leafy, because Leafy was a, a commentary YouTuber who made fun of
1: people's appearances. Mm-hmm. So dubs did it back to show uh, him what right. it was like, saying he didn't have a chin. Didn't he do a video about... On, 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 on yeah. i
0: don't think he's done on Onision. he probably should though i mean at that point i don't think the fbi
1: i think the fbi might be chapping some doors if like, he is yeah statute of limitations ain't up on this yeah dog you can't that, do this shit
0: but the uh like the idol video on leafy was just like him harassing him with the, the chin and it was funny because it satire what leafy does yeah. youtube was like mm, don't think so and nah. removed the video um but no full force was going to be on there it was a contender. But the Undertaker video is a lot of fun because it shows you that Super Patch Wolf, although it is a ridiculous name for a great YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. has a superpower. And that is that he can convince you to check out something that you might not give a shit about just because he is so passionate about it. He's been a fan of wrestling for ages and I found him through his uh, anime videos and he would just go into these uh, descriptions of why he enjoys certain shows, and I'm like, I, I feel the same way about certain shows. So I've now watched stuff that he recommends through his YouTube channel. And again, I love him. Yeah, I love those videos, I love what he's recommended, I love what I've walked away from his channel with. And I'm never going to get into professional wrestling. We're all done with it. Like, for some reason, it trends yeah. on Twitter every Sunday, but we're all done with it. Like, we're, I don't know who's still I, engaged. I don't
1: think that's even slightly true, dog. I know... I'll, I think dog might be on my word of 2019. Now that I'm thinking about it. I've, I think I've said the word dog more than I, th- I even type it. Now. Yeah, you type a lot. Of, you, t- you call me dog
0: a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I just, and dog. I, I, I just it. kind of ignore it. I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> is that, yeah. No word of 2019. Is dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, 90s to the back, Dom. Um, but I live in the 90s, motherfucker. I have a wallet chain. <laughs> you do. I forget about that. But the like, he he did a video as as a joke. Kind of as a as a, a wink to april fools mm-hmm. he said look you're going to be filled with a bunch of fake videos today i'm just going to talk about wrestling because i enjoy wrestling in a weird kind of meta sense where we all know it's fake mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it can't be fun to watch and he talks about how much he loves wrestling and he did that video about 18 months before he made this one and then he comes out this year with a video on the undertaker and just telling the story of this guy wrestling for 30 years almost, at the point when he finishes his career as The Undertaker, and showing how it started as a gimmick, how The Undertaker reinvents himself. Uh, talks about Mark Calloway, the guy who portrayed The Undertaker as a person, and knowing what little we do know about uh, him because he's always in character as The Undertaker. And just going on through this, uh, this saga of like all these brutal wrestling matches he has, and how this... Uh, this guy became a force of nature because his character was a force of nature that was unstoppable. Callaby committed to the bit for 30 years and you just have, by the end of it, the remains of a person that has been beaten to hell and back for 30 years in wrestling matches. And although some of the hits are fake, there's some stuff you can't fake in wrestling. Like, at a certain point, you are picking up a guy and throwing him into the ground, uh, even if the ground has a little bit of spring and give to it. You are still taking a toll on a body. And if you listen to um, like Joe Rogan's interview with Jake the Snake, that guy has been through the fucking wars
1: because. Yeah, Jake the Snake, he took some fucking hits, man. He was.
0: Wrestlers take some hits and they yeah. take a lot of damage. I mean, I, I recently this week, I think Big Show showed up at the upper, like a WrestleMania or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, 30 years of wrestling, this guy's still fucking alive yeah. and like six foot 10 or something like that.
1: Yeah, oh, talking about wrestling, you Wrestling injuries, the worst wrestling injury that I've ever heard of. I think I told you about it Hulk Hogan. Oh, he's lost like three inches of his height spine because of lifting his fucking spine on through the giant Like, yeah. holy fuck, dude, fuck putting yourself through that. Incidentally, Big Show plays D&D Hilarious. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> as and big great. as you think he is, I'm pretty sure he plays like a gnome or some shit. I was sure. like, that's what I fucking want to see, man.
0: That, that, and the thing is, like, some of these guys are putting themselves through the fucking wars to yeah. make entertainment. I mean, you've and-
1: seen, uh, what's his name? Brock Lesnar, you've seen yeah. the amount of shit that he's put through. He he eventually just tapped it and said, nah, I'm taking steroids. Fuck this. <laughs>
0: I, I need this to stay alive because yeah. I'm, I'm I'm breaking down as I as I wrestle, as I fight, as yeah. I do these things. The, and the the passion these guys have for their craft transfers into passion from the fans, which is what Super Eye Patch, as a fan, is great at conveying to you as an outsider. And you walk away thinking, you know what? Even if I don't watch a wrestling match, I will always respect the story of the Undertaker. The fact that this thing goes on for thirty years and how how they choose to end it is fantastic. I recommend it. It's twenty eight minute video, and I'd recommend watching just all his stuff on the wrestling. Like the the April Fools' video did in twenty eighteen is just a great kind of introduction. It's kind of like this is the intro to wrestling one hundred and one, and then you have the uh, like the the official class on the Undertaker, and this, he's, he's got an obsession with the story of uh, like a, a Canadian. Slash Japanese wrestling duo called the Golden Lovers that is just fantastic. Hmm. Again, it's one of the things of like he has so much passion for this weird story, and when he tells you it, you immediately yeah. feel that passion and you kind of want to check it out. But your mother's wrestling, so you're not going to bother. Yeah. So, what was your uh, YouTube video? Of my, uh,
1: my YouTube video of 2019, actually, as I just found out, wasn't actually released in 2019. So I was originally going to say it was Flex Tape Two by Tron. but oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was just—it was a fucking shit show. The fact that you even got Phil Swift out there, which is fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, but. When was that? Was that late 2018?
1: That was December first, 2018. Oh, fuck! Like just googled it there. The original
0: flex tape video is still a, an internet classic.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's still getting the views, it's still rank, uh, racking up the views. Uh, but my favorite video from 2019 again because that was I originally thought I had it locked down but off the back of my head I'll probably have to give it to the Thanksgiving episode of Retro Replay. Yeah. Purely because it was just it was one of those episodes where it just they had fun but there was a good strong message behind it because
0: just for those who don't know what is Retro Replay.
1: Uh, Retro Replay is uh, two of the biggest names, if not the biggest names in voice acting right now being uh, Troy Baker who you've heard in fucking everything, uh, and <laughs> Nolan North, who has been in everything else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure that's how they describe themselves. Troy Baker introduces himself as, I've been in everything. Uh, and what they do is they usually, they, they play games, like old school games, hence the name Retro Replay. They'll, each episode's between half an hour and 45 minutes. I think they're kind of going more towards the 45 minute mark now, but they'll play a bit of an old school game and they'll chat, shoot the shit. It usually gets quite stupid or it gets quite heavy. Some of the better moments I work. It's quite heavy because they talk about the strain of uh, going all over the place. How they, at one point in two thousand and nineteen, they were in South Africa for a week. Then they went to London. Mm-hmm. Then they went to Manchester. Then they went back up to man, back up to London. Then they had two weeks off. Then they had to go. They had to come to Scotland. Then about a week later from Scotland, they had to go back to America. So they just bounce, but and they're talking about they have to work within these weeks as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ipad uh, recording sessions that they just set up their uh, laptops get a decent ish mic and just try and record and uh, like i said some of the heavy ones are really good because you think over oh, it maybe it's not that easy but they, these guys are making a fucking fortune out of it and they seem to be having fun doing it and they can still laugh and joke their way through it but the the funnier stuff some of the stories that they tell from their past experiences like how troy baker did a shit ton of live action acting mm-hmm. Uh, when he was in shitty B movies with people that he really doesn't fucking like, <laughs> and how Nolan North was in this—he was in a lot of sitcoms in the early nineties, right? Late eighties, early nineties. Now he's just met all these cool people that, or people that a lot of other individuals would think are cool, but just complete dicks, right? And so there's a lot of a. Uh, here's our experience. How do you react to it? And the crowd reacted fairly, fairly well. And uh, having seen two of their live shows, in 2018, 2019, these guys put on a fucking show. They are performers, hmm. and obviously Troy Baker—he does his music. Which dude can sing? Yeah, dude's got a hell of a good country voice, and he can play guitar and stuff as well. Uh, all the guitar work that you hear when he—if he if you play the Last of Us—that's that's him playing guitar. There's a point where Joel even sings—that's Troy Baker singing—and uh, Nolan North has done stand up for years, so he's got that quick fucking razor uh, razor wit about him. And uh, so the Thanksgiving episode—why well, it's my favorite—is because. They they drop some kind of harsh lessons on you. That's where, that's where I heard the phrase that "don't be ashamed of, you know, cutting loose your friends." I was like, okay, that doesn't. And it wasn't the sense of like, oh, they've said it, it has to be true. I was like, oh no, that makes sense. Like, why am I, you know, feeling a bit shaky about cutting the friends off? And there's just some genuinely funny moments about them talking about why is it in America they celebrate having no food by having too much food for Thanksgiving. Hmm. I always wanted to go to America during Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving. Sometimes happens on my birthday. So I just wanted to be be greeted by a giant turkey dinner on my birthday. Right. Or oh, we need ham because ham's just the, see
0: the only problem is that you would have nothing on. Like Thanksgiving shuts down America. Yeah. It is one of those things where the entire nation just takes five minutes, sits down, eats a nice turkey dinner, and then it's you go murder each other over
1: some cheap TVs the next day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although Black Friday is bleeding its way into Scotland. Women got that a woman got her arm broken trying to get a switch for her grandkid. Nah, <laughs> and uh, I think it was in Glasgow. They were going to a Smith's toy shop or something. Okay, Glasgow. that's Glasgow. That's a different thing. Uh, Glasgow is nicer than Edinburgh. Edinburgh was a shit show. <laughs> 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 fucking hate Edinburgh. Get it,
0: Rungy So yeah, that has been twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's been. It was okay. I mean, I think it, it depends me, who you surrender yourself with. If yeah. you had a uh, close knit group of friends, you had a good year. Yeah. If you had a, a bunch of tools, high in okay. you, India, probably weighed you down a bit. Yeah,
1: I yeah. uh, personally that would that perfectly describes my two thousand and nineteen. Because I had the worst summer I've ever had. I realized that I probably should be getting some kind of help with anxiety because it just over the summer, because I had no job, I was I sent seventy applications out, got nothing back. I was fucking losing my mind. Mm. If it wasn't for the podcast where I got to vent a little bit and I was playing rugby, I mean, I, I broke somebody's rib playing rugby because I was just that frustrated. I went through a guy. Yeah. So I just had to work it out, and then I realized I kind of need help with this. Yeah. And that's when I started. Uh, talking to people more and that's when I kind of realised that if you're talking to certain people I was like oh you don't give a shit and that was the start of that conversation with those nah. people I was like you say I can come and talk to you about anything but I can't really because I tried to and then nothing happened so yeah 20, 2019 was a bit rough there were some really good moments in there some really fucking really high highs mm-hmm. but fucking devastating lows for me yeah. I'm happy to see the back of it hopefully 2020 is a bit more cheerful hopefully shit is on the up and up for me <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think the year is what you make of it. And yeah. I think the most important thing you can do as you start 2020 is take every lesson you learned from 2019 and don't forget it.
1: Yeah, write that shit down. Yeah. Fucking snowman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, right, so these two snowmen are going to sign off and yeah. we will be back at you very soon with an actual episode of Jibberfish. Have a nice 2020. Hope you had a yeah. decent 2019.
1: Happy New Year and all that shit. Nah. Incidentally, if it's February and you're saying Happy New Year, go fuck yourself. (laughs)